At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is the D.C. CityCast with Frank Hanrahan, presented by Bet Rivers. It is the D.C. CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Frank Hanrahan from VEASAN Juice to be back with you on a Thursday. Uh, plenty to get to, including the Nationals and Ryan Zimmerman, the Z-Man, hanging it up after so many years at D.C. We saw his career, and it was fantastic. We'll chat with uh, Byron Kerr who has covered the Nationals for many years. That is straight ahead on the D.C. CityCast. We'll get into our official releases for later on tonight. Pretty decent Tuesday night. I went 2-1. and one. I gave you the Caps in hockey. I gave you Memphis in college hoops. Fortunately, I gave you the Suns. They didn't cover the 13. But I went 2-1 and one on that evening. So I'm now a documented 27-28 and 28 on the season. So we will uh, give out an official release uh, later on tonight. Plus, we'll get into the uh, Wizards. But I do want to start with the... The Washington Commanders, and as much as I am trying to get used to this dumb name, it still is going to annoy me, I think, until my death. Uh, It's a terrible nickname. I will never get used to it. And they always seem to stub their toe wherever they move, wherever they go, when they are trying to make a change in their organization. Uh, The latest now is from the Richmond Times-Dispatch reporting that the Washington Commanders and the NFL are at odds this time over a proposed change to the team's new crest. As uh, we chatted about this last week or two weeks ago on their crest, they stupidly put the years they won the Super Bowl and not the season. So they had 1992 instead of 91. They had 1988 instead of 87. And they had 83 instead of 82. Which they sort of admitted, oh yeah, well, we thought that the right thing to do was put the year which they won the Super Bowl, which was totally incorrect. They should have had the seasons that they won the Super Bowl. Apparently, they changed that on their own and put out new merchandise with the uh, Roman numerals of the Super Bowl that they won. But the NFL uh, says, hey, we need uh, the NFL approval. And uh, they're not giving it that approval just quite yet. Because the NFL apparently holds copyrights over a lot of the elements of the Super Bowl, including those Roman numerals. So here we go again. Another misstep, mistake by this dumb franchise. Sorry. Sorry, they are. When you can't figure out the NFL season, which you won the Super Bowl, should be on your crest, then what are you doing? 
Shouldn't there be somebody in the room going, hey, wait a second. I know they won the Super Bowl in 1992, technically, January of 1992. But the season was actually what really is uh, remembered. And that's what historians and everybody and their mom does. They put the season which they won the Super Bowl. I.e., the Rams aren't going to say we're the 2022 champs. They won the Super Bowl the 2021 season. So there's that. There's an impasse now over the crest that the team just put out, which is a god-awful crest. The uniforms suck. The nicknames suck. We all know it sucks. And if you're trying to convince me to change my mind, you're, you're just fooling yourself because it all stinks. And if Daniel Snyder loses ownership, which he probably should, we all know he should, then whoever is the new owner should change the name. And I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm totally serious. Like, if I own the team, if I bought the team for a billion plus, two billion, whatever it is, I'm not buying this team's name. I'm saying, okay, if I'm part of this ownership crew, I'm changing the name right away. Can deal. <laughs> it's such a terrible nickname. And the logo, my God, people are now saying, oh, this W looks pretty fresh. Looks pretty good now. It's bold. It's, it's, no, it, it sucks too. Don't try to fool yourself. It's a lazy W. I think I opened a bag of uh, Ritz crackers and there was a W on the back explaining how to win tickets to something. And it looked just like the Washington football team's W. It's just all of it is lazy. And again, I don't necessarily blame the people that work there to a degree because they're working for basically an insane person. And Daniel Snyder, there's a lot of pressure. I understand that even though they say he's not that involved, there's pressure. And we've all been there for the most part. We've all worked at places where you just feel that hover of, of, of just ugh, toxicity. It's still there. Absolutely. As long as that dude is still there, it's hovering. And so people are under pressure, they make bad mistakes, i.e. the crest. Ah, man, it's just never going to end until this dude is gone. Uh, So there's that on the Washington Commanders front. It's just a a disaster. Uh, The Wizards played last night and uh, lost at the Indiana Pacers to a team that had lost seven in a row. Uh, It was good to see the younger players getting uh, some minutes. Good to see uh, Abdia making some buckets late. Good to see Kispert at least getting some shots up. Uh, that's always fun. Uh, Rui was out because of an ankle injury. And like I told you two days ago here on the D.C. City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers, we're not going to see Kristaps Porzingis play until after the All-Star break. So he's not going to play tonight against the Brooklyn Nets, who had a fantastic come-from-behind victory to beat the uh, New York Knicks. Uh, that is going to be a huge question with Kristaps Porzingis moving forward. And I don't want to be that guy. And I said it two days ago. I don't want to be that guy to say, hey, his health is a major concern. But it is. It absolutely is. He was brought over in the trade last Thursday, had a whatever, knee bone bruise or something. How much are we going to see of this guy actually play? And I'm amazed that so many folks are are talking in such high regard for this guy. He's 7'3". He's not a center. He shoots threes. He runs the floor. He can't defend down low. 
It's not like if Chris Stapps Porzingis was playing last night, there'd be that big of a difference. Like, I'm just not sold on him yet. And a lot of it has to do with his availability. So, yeah, he's not playing until after the All-Star break. If then, guy misses a lot of time because of injury. He's got two years left on this contract. I can't imagine they're thinking that he's going to be here for the long term. This is just a way to get rid of the contracts of Bertans and Dinwiddie. And in return, you get Porzingis for a year and a half. Like I said, I don't think Bradley Beal's like, ooh, this is a, this is a key cog for me moving forward if I'm going to sign here with D.C. in the future. Got to have me some Chris Stapps Porzingis. So the Wizards uh, lose last night. Uh, it was uh, interesting down to the wire. I don't understand. I, I, I mean, I like Contavious Caldwell-Pope to a degree offensively. He had some big shots to keep them in the game. Uh, but defensively, he was terrible late. There were a couple backdoor cuts where Pope was just standing there like a statue. Easy dunks. And this kid uh, for, for uh, Indiana, my God. Didn't shoot the ball particularly well. It's probably the most interesting shot since Kevin Martin. Remember him for Sacramento had that really um, strange delivery. But Tyrese Halliburton uh, had 21 points, 14 assists, and was just killing the Wizards late. He wasn't hitting his shots, but man, oh man, he was breaking down defenses and finding the open man for shots when they um, um, so when they hit that uh, game. Well, I, I think they were up by two or three, and they hit a nice layup for a go-ahead. Uh, so, it was good to see Abdiam make some shots late. He got a lot of minutes. Corey Kisper got a lot of minutes. I just need to see more of the young guys moving forward. Um, this talk of the playoffs, as we all know, pipe dream. Uh, see what we got in these younger players. And we don't need to see as much as Contavious Caldwell Pope as we do. Uh, you know, I saw that Wizards postgame show and they're talking about who should be their starting five. And like all of their younger players are in the second unit. No, 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 no. What are you doing? All should be in the first unit. Why isn't Rui, Denny, and Kispert starting when they are healthy? Just do it. Just do it. There should be no pressure to win games anymore. Just, just do it. And they get the uh, Brooklyn Nets later on tonight. Brooklyn, fantastic come from behind victory over the Knicks. At BetRivers.com right now, the Wizards are getting four and a half at the Brooklyn Nets. Now, here's the dangerous thing about these type of games. It's the last game before the All-Star break. So who's checking in? Who's checking out? Uh, these are tough. And actually, checking BetRivers.com right now is the Nets minus five, hosting the Wizards total 215. Uh, Nets on the money line minus 200 Wizards plus 165 here is a lean I'm not I, we'll give out my official release for tonight documented one game under 500 um, here's my fear is that here's my fear is that um, the Wizards will be checked out for the All-Star game but I don't get that vibe the Nets' main players aren't playing either well Durant isn't playing because he's hurt uh, Kyrie can't play because he's in New York. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Nets are still minus five. Um, Nets came back and beat the Knicks in impressive fashion. It's got Cam Thomas is starting to go off first round pick. I like the Wizards in this spot as a lean, not a release, because everybody's thinking, oh, Nets just got a great comeback last night against the Knicks. They're playing better. They're, they were really struggling. That was an impressive uh, momentum-type win before the All-Star break. Let's see if they can get a W. I would take the Wizards in this spot plus the five. I would. And checking out Bet Rivers tips. 
Um, the Nets have lost each of their last six games on the second leg of a back-to-back. How about that? How about that? So that's at BetRivers.com. You click on the tips link and you get that. So I'll, I'll give out the lean right now, the Wizards plus the five against the um, Brooklyn Nets later on tonight. But straight ahead here on the D.C. City Cast, fired up to talk to Byron Kerr, covers the Washington Nationals. We'll get uh, his thoughts on Ryan Zimmerman hanging him up, his thoughts on Juan Soto and that first contract offer from the Nats ownership, this lockout, and what to expect from the Nats if – they play baseball in 2022. Straight ahead on the DC CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Frank Hanran from Beeson. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers iOS app. Presented by Rivers Casino Portsmouth. Must be 21. Play in Virginia only. Gambling problem? Call one 888 3500. DC CityCast rolls on, presented by Bet Rivers. Download that app right now at betrivers.com. Frank Hanrahan here with you from VEASAN. It is a pleasure to introduce my next guest. Has covered the Nationals for many years. DC baseball writer, media personality. Catch him on 1067 The Fan. Also, now some Nationals baseball for the Washington City paper. Byron Kerr joins me. And Byron, a uh, long time fan of yours even though we're buddies how are you man good to see you good man i appreciate that frank yeah. thanks for to be on your podcast i was uh driving my kids to work the other day heard you doing updates on 106.7 and this guy's everywhere and uh <laughs> two days ago uh ryan zimmerman uh, the face of the nationals franchise it's weird to see <laughs> that his career is over like we saw yeah. his career from the jump you saw his career from the jump uh just initial thoughts on the z-man uh, hanging him up, what, 17 years with one team and the Nationals. Yeah, he played 16 of those. He set out one of those years oh, that's right. of mm-hmm. COVID. But, um, yeah, just an incredible career. Went to the University of Virginia, You know, played a, a handful of minor league games, was called up in September of 2005 or six, and just uh, went from there. Jim Bowden said uh, he's good enough to stay. Mm-hmm. Played shortstop in his first couple of games and played third base and, uh, you know, hit a double in his first at bat and, and, uh, you know, as you could go on and on about his, his record books. But, you know, when the Nationals were nothing, when they when the Expos were left to, to die, no one cared about them. He was the face of the franchise and obviously still is the face of the franchise. And they built the entire team basically around Ryan Zimmerman, mm-hmm. whether it was Bryce Harper or Steven Strasburg or all the other big names they had that they came in. He was the guy from the beginning. He was the clutch hitter and he did everything for the franchise. You know, kind of a quiet guy, but. Always really nice to me, Frank. And, mm. uh, you know, there's so many times, and I'm sure this has happened to you many times over your years, when you go over and say, hey, can I talk to you? <laughs> and guys will be like, no, nope, I'm sorry, buddy, I can't yeah, talk to you. Yeah. You know, he, he, I just rem- I don't remember ever any time where, where Ryan would say, no, Byron, I can't talk to you. You know, whether it would be after batting practice or before batting practice or after the game, he said, yeah, can we schedule a time or, or something? He would always make time for you. Yeah. And he was just never one of those dudes that you felt like, you know, he was big. He felt like he was bigger than the game. And, uh, um, but he put his, you know, he put his money where his mouth was because he was such a good player and mm-hmm. such a good clutch hitter. And also, you know, people kind of sleep on the fact that he was good at third base as well. Yeah. Until, until his arm and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of, uh, didn't 
do what he wanted to do later in his career. He had a lot of injuries, obviously, that kind of slowed things down. That maybe, you know, he didn't put up the uh, games played like a Cal Ripken would, but um, he's obviously so important for the Nationals, and especially in 2019. He only played 52 games that year, which was amazing. Wow. But yet he, he had the first homer in the World Series. He had the big bo- broken bat uh, hit against the Milwaukee Brewers that kept that rally alive. And, uh, you know, just important for Davey Martinez and the rest of the franchise to be in the lineup. So, yeah, special, special mm-hmm. guy. He married a local gal from northern Virginia. They have four beautiful children, and I'm really, really happy for him in, in his next uh, step. I remember it was what when they had the new stadium. The first yeah. game, he had a walk-off homer, right? Yeah, against the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. You know, 2008, he had Jeez. the walk-off homer against the Yankees on Father's Day at RFK when his dad was there. I mean, it's just incredible, you know, stories. It's like the natural and stuff uh, when you when you when you think about him. So yeah, he had you know those monumental hits for this team, and and uh, you know they had a couple seasons there. I wrote about it in the city paper that you know 59 wins. I mean, they were awful. Awful. Um, but they were building around him, and, and I went back and looked at the record book, Frank, and he actually finished second to Hanley Ramirez for Rookie of the Year by about four voter points. It was 66% to 63%. It was pretty close to him being Rookie of the Year. So, yeah, he from the beginning, he was a solid ball player, um, you know, and obviously he's done so many great things in the community as well, starting the Zims Foundation with his mom, dealing with multiple sclerosis. That's right. Uh, he's also made several trips to the children's hospitals and Walter Reed um, so mm-hmm. to talk and, and, and kind of, um, you know, help those that were in need. So just an all around great yeah. guy and, and easy to talk to. And, and I, you know, I'm going to miss him in the clubhouse <laughs> not being able to go over to his corner <laughs> right. locker. I mean, you probably have that same thing, what, at FedEx mm-hmm. Field or at uh, Capital One where you have an area where the big time dudes yeah, their locker and his locker was always in that that corner, mm-hmm. farthest away from the entryway, and he would always sit next to Jason Worth or or some other big star. But uh, if you wanted to come to court and, and talk about what was going on with the Nats, he went over and talked to Ryan Zimmerman because he was the man. Yeah, he was down to earth. That was the really cool thing about him. Uh, it yeah. was it wasn't you never felt intimidated or oh man like tippy toeing around the subject. He was cool, and that's that's all you want as a as a media folk. I know it's very, very specific when we describe that, but there is something that is very attractive about that. When you are a superstar, you are making millions, but yet, at the end of the day, you felt like if you ran into Ryan on the street, he would actually have a conversation with you. Be like, "Hey, what's up, man?" Like yeah. that was what was so appealing about him. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I I, I wrote about it as well and, and tweeted about it in case people hadn't heard, but I. I think it was in my first year as sideline reporter, and I was in Cincinnati, and I was, you know, just finished with with uh, talking to the players. You get a chance to talk to them in the in the clubhouse before they go out for batting practice and infield. And I'm uh, sitting in the uh, dugout area at Cincinnati, going over some notes about what I was going to say on this pregame show, and I was a little nervous. You know, sure, it was TV, and I had just started out. And I remember, you know, focusing so much on my notes, and a player came by and tapped his 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 glove on my knee and walked by and just ran up the steps and, and went out to the infield. I looked up and it was Ryan Zimmerman. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, <laughs> this is so cool, man. Nice. You know, Zimmerman's tapping me like, uh-huh. you know, almost as if to say, hey, man, you're a part, you're part of you're my good. Team, yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 And uh, of course you're not, obviously. I'm not <laughs> saying that I was, but but it's just like that moment. You're like, oh, man, you know, we're all in this together kind of a thing. And um, so I always got that feel for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he went to UVA, so I'd always have a connection with him 
to talk about Virginia sports and stuff. And that would, that was always my key icebreaker <laughs> to, <laughs> to get him to talk about other stuff. And, right. and, uh, but uh, yeah, he was a smooth operator and, uh, you know, honest, uh, to a Hilton, you know, he had to answer a lot of questions about, you know, how bad the team was over those years too. And, and, you know, he would never lose it. He would always be called yeah. and kind of, uh, you know, try to get you to understand that, you know, this is a process. We're trying to build something here. And, and lo and behold, it happened. I mean, they started to go to the playoffs in 2012. And, you know, they didn't win a playoff game until 2019 when they made that big run. So Jeez, uh, yeah. he was around for all those battles. And, uh, you know, it's just unfortunate, Frank, that he got injured so much. He did have some time, uh, you know, when it appeared that he was pretty brittle. And that's the only frustrating thing, I think. And he might even admit that, too, is that, you know, there were a few years down the road after those first few <laughs> where he was on the shelf a lot. And, uh, you know, that's unfortunate for him and unfortunate for, for baseball fans. Mm-hmm. They didn't get to see him play those Iron Man yeah. top type numbers like Ripken did. Um, that's probably the only thing that separates him from just incredible numbers. I mean, 277 batting average for your career is still very good. And obviously he has all the Expos Nats records because of his longevity. But, uh, you know, I wish I'm selfish that he would he would have been able to play more games. But right. Uh, back injuries and foot injuries and stuff kind of slowed him down. What do you think's next for him? Is he going to, do you think still be a part of the organization in some fashion or just hang out, chill with his what four kids now? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, uh, I don't, doesn't really seem like he's the kind of guy that wants to be on air or something like that. Right. But, um, you know, you wonder if uh, Mike Rizzo would like him as a consultant mm-hmm. or something like that. He certainly has a lot of baseball knowledge. Um, but you know, uh, uh, Heather's a wonderful lady, and, and obviously he's one of the women as well. So he's got a lot of young kids that he'll, you know, for the first time, Daddy's going to be home for for summertime. And uh, you know, obviously he was there for COVID, but that's different because everybody would, would kind of have to stay inside. <laughs> right. So um, you know, this is a wonderful time for him. He's still young, thirty six, thirty seven, and uh, you know, can do a lot of different things. Um, it would seem like he would go around the baseball world and and maybe do something like that. Um, you know, maybe he wants to put hundred percent into Zim's foundation, uh, to try to help his mom and, and to help to find a cure for multiple sclerosis. There's a lot of things he could do from a charitable standpoint too. But yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, I'm sure that's something that, that people will dive into when they get a chance to talk to him, but you know, the world is his oyster, right? He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> I can imagine um, Byron. I can imagine him like hanging out for the first two, three months and his wife coming up going, okay, now what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. What's next? Go mow the lawn, right? What are you doing, bro? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing next? Uh, Byron <laughs> Kerr joins me. Uh, let's let's chat about Juan Soto and and I love yeah. the the place reports that uh, a couple of days ago is what was it the day after one of their greatest players announces his retirement? Then there's this report about Juan Soto, the the next big thing and current big thing for the team, turning down a, an offer that obviously anybody's going to turn down if they're in his cleats. What thirteen years? $350 million. That's the report that was offered by the Nationals brass to Juan Soto. And of course, he's going to turn that down. But that becomes a article and a talker. Um, you are very close to the situation with Soto and his family. Um, wh- what was your initial takeaway when you heard this uh, report about this very minuscule offer by the Nationals? Yeah, I mean, it feels like it's, you know, the first uh, the first uh, part on uh, first time that they're kind of put something down on paper and say here's what we got and 
you know, there was an interesting quote in the article uh, from Soda that says, my agent, Scott Boris, has control over the situation. And that's the mm-hmm. greatest quote right there because Scott Boris is your agent. You know, <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. uh, the offer is going to be, it's going to be a lot more than that. And, uh, you know, I like the offer because it was 13 plus 350 plus no deferrals. And, you know, it's a good starting point, but obviously for, for a guy that's supposed to be and could be the, you know, the purest hitter in Major League Baseball for years to come, and he's so young, you know, he's still got some time. Free agency still three years away. People are nervous in Nats camp because of what's happened in the past with Bryce Harper and Anthony Rendon and, you know, even Trey Turner was traded. But uh, he's not going to be eligible for free agency until after 2024. So uh, still a couple of full seasons if we get back to actually playing baseball little asterisks there um but he yeah he's he's got an opportunity to stay with the nationals for the entire career and that would be different you know than what we've seen from mike rizzo before when it, when they deal with position players you know he's definitely put his money into pitching whether it was max scherzer or mm-hmm. steven strasberg but they have never laid down all that money for a position player and it kind of feels like this is the guy they need to do that for so there's a lot of pressure on Mike Rizzo and the Nationals and Lerner family uh, going up against a guy like Scott Boris, who's going to, you know, go for what, five hundred million, yeah, or something at least, like that, or six hundred yeah. million, yep. or something insane, uh, and he's going to break the bank and break the books on Juan Soto because this guy is a once in a lifetime sensation. And you know, it was nice to hear the story I broke about Ilion Soto, his, his little brother, who's looks like he's going to sign with the Nationals instead of the Mets. So, uh, And Juan Soto even said in that same story that came out from Enrique Rojas that, you know, he wants to stay with the Nationals for his entire career. And, you know, you could say, oh, that's lip service. But, you know, Soto doesn't seem like the guy that's going to fake uh, quotes or do, you know, do things that just to make, you know, someone happy. So it's interesting that we, you know, very rarely do we find out when there is an actual offer. So it's interesting True. that there was one and they kind of started, you know, I feel like this is just the first quarter, right, right. the beginning of it, but it's good, uh, Frank, that they're actually talking about it. And yeah, you know, the, the Nats will have to make a big decision to see how far they're going to up that offer, but they still have some time to do it. They can't let this guy go. They let uh, Harper go. They get <laughs> let Rendon go. No, and to your point, a, position right. players, like at least put in the work for one of these guys, because I was a big Bryce Harper fan and I felt like a little um, shortchanged when they let him right. go. And uh, to let Soto go, that would be a huge mistake. I think we all know that. Uh, what's up with this lockout? Is it just money? What's what's the I, – I feel so disconnected because there is no baseball right now. It's off season. Yeah. Uh, they were supposed to report yesterday or two days ago, pitchers and catchers. Uh, is is this just going to reach ahead where they're going to at the the eleventh hour say okay let's do this make a deal? I, I'm, I'm guessing it's just all about money. Well, what's the deal? Yeah, it's a pretty tough situation. There's a lot going on. You know whether it's how much money the players will make when they are young when they first get into the major leagues, the minimum salaries. Uh, you know the players want uh, bumps in that. There's a luxury tax situation where you know. Are, is there going to be penalties for money or is there mm. going to be penalties for draft picks involved in the luxury tax? Um, there's a revenue sharing that's important. You know, there's there's a lot of have and have nots in Major League Baseball. There's the Yankees, the Dodgers, uh, the Red Sox, teams like that. And then there's, you know, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh teams mm-hmm. that don't quite have the gate or don't quite have the money. 
uh, to compete with the big boys. And the way that you even that playing field is with the luxury tax and with, you know, um, salary distribution and, and draft picks. So they're, they're not really close right now, which is, uh, not good for baseball fans uh-uh. and they're going to need according to the to reports they're going to need three weeks to four weeks to get ready to ramp up for march 31st so if you go from that standpoint you know they really you know march 1st or so that's only a, a few days away 10 to 14 days away they need to get to the point where you know they can agree on some stuff and it seems like there's so much that they're not agreeing on and that they're not even close on that's the scary part and obviously it all has to do with money and you know COVID had a serious uh play in all of this because that changed a lot of things for owners because there was nobody coming to the games and uh you know they lost a lot of revenue in that year and a half when there were no fans coming to the games that seriously changed i think the negotiations that we're seeing now because now they have to be a little bit more careful and the players feel like you know they've been shortchanged in this previous uh, collective bargaining agreement they want more money for the younger players. They want you know, salary arbitration to be changed to favor the players. So the the talks continue, and you know I'm just really surprised, Frank, that they're not talking more. You know, it right. seems like they take a couple of days off. They take five <laughs> days off. Of like, you know, I'm like, what are you guys doing? I yeah, mean, seriously, you have to, you know we have to get to the bargaining table more. You know, no arbitrator. Get your butts there. You know, face to face. Let's work this out. Um, because it's not just your livelihood, it's my livelihood. It's exactly, all of exactly. And, uh, you know, you don't want the fans to have a bitter taste in the mouth because it's surprising to me to see that this is the ninth work stoppage in baseball Jesus. history. Right. But it's the first since 1995, so uh, it's been a while. And, you know, the world has changed a lot, as you and me know, from 1995. Um, and they have to be really, really careful here uh, because, you know, the players know that those television contracts are huge, but the owners are doing fine from that standpoint, and they want a bigger piece of the pie. So it'll be interesting to see how it works out. So when they finally, fingers crossed, get this deal done, and they yeah. rush, and they get spring training in, and they get the season started on time, uh, expectations for the Nationals. Uh, my God, it's uh, it's a new day, certainly. They made all those deals last year. Still a, a little bit jarring to think that there's no Max Scherzer, there's no Trey Turner. Uh, your your expectations for this ball club, as it certainly is now, I guess, should we brand it a rebuilding season, or how would you look at it? Yeah, it's definitely rebuilding. I mean, they're going to have uh, new position players out of several places. They did a good, nice job of building um, the catching position, position, which has been a weakness for them. They've always had to go out and get veterans at the always. catching spot. Yep. So they believe Kevin Ruiz can be the guy that, they can kind of build around the catching spot. You know, the biggest question that I had from last year and is still the biggest question this year is how healthy and how strong is Steven Strasburg going to be? Because he's the one that has the big contract and they can just like with uh, Juan Soto or just like with Ryan Zimmerman, they can build around Strasburg and the pitching and get those guys going because they do have some talent there. But yeah, they're going to take some lumps. I mean, I, I would assume they'll be lower division next next season and, uh, you know, try to get these guys some playing time in real situations, get a lot of these young guys opportunities to play. So, yeah, it's going to be one of those exciting moments for fans to see new guys play. But, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to be good enough to contend for a division title or something like that or even a wild card. That may be a zero or two away. And, uh, 
you know, it's going to be hard, Frank, to watch Max Scherzer in a Mets uniform. Oh, that's right. You know, they'll play them 19 (laughs) times uh, next year. And that moment, you know, when he comes to Nats Park and, and, uh, you know, they play the Mets early on in the season, uh, you know, that'll be kind of weird, you know, with the – with the World Series banner there, and Max Scherzer pitching for the Mets, it, it's uh, that's a tough one to swallow for for Nats fans. But you know, I'm excited for all these young guys, and you know, that's the moment I, I wrote about as well. Is you know, when Ryan Zimmerman was getting his, uh, the hat tip and saying goodbye, he he hugged Juan Soto and kind of you know passed the mantle to Soto. Right. So this is the guy that's going to be the face of the franchise now, and uh, so they'll build around Soto in the middle of the order, and they'll. You know, the biggest question is whether or not Strasburg is healthy. If he's healthy, yeah, always, yeah. then that will help out the starting rotation. Because that's what Rizzo has always done, Frank, is he's built around pitching and, yep. you know, defense, basically. If you can keep the score down, you're going to win a lot of baseball games. And, and that's, you know, that's the background of his scouting is the way he always did it was look for pitchers and, and, and catching. That's the way he's going to try to build his team back up. Byron, before we let you go, man, where can we yeah. follow you, find your work? Let us know. Tell us. Uh, yeah, I got a website, ByronKerrSports.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Byron Kerr as well. I do GW play-by-play for men's and women's basketball. And, uh, uh, as I, as you mentioned, the City Paper. I'm a feature reporter for that for the Washington Nationals. So those are the places you kind of you can kind of find me. And uh, yeah, I'll always chat with you uh, sports-wise. Give me a ring. Thanks, Love bro. Talk, Appreciate Thanks. you, man. We'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Byron. Byron Kerr, one of the good guys in the business and uh, really fun to chat with him and catch up with him. Hopefully there's going to be a, a national season. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. There will be. There will be. Uh, coming up next year on the DC CityCast, presented by Bed Rivers, my official releases of the night. Thanks to my 2-1 and one evening on Tuesday. I'm back to one game under 500 at uh, 27 and 28. So perhaps we will get back to 500 tonight. Those picks and more next. DC CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Frank Handran from Visa. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers iOS app. Presented by Rivers Casino Portsmouth. Must be 21. Play in Virginia only. Gambling problem? Call one 888 DC City Cast rolls on on a Thursday. I can feel spring is in the air. Nice day out here in the DC area. I refuse to say DMV. I am from DC. This is the DC area, Maryland, Virginia, DC. Just can't do DMV. Sorry, can't do it. Cannot do it. Uh, <laughs> Wizards and the Nets tonight before the All-Star break. Capitals in action as well. It was fun to to win some some loot off of the Capitals the other night as they uh, were victorious. Um, And that was uh, in Nashville getting a a few. uh, Yeah, it was a good it was a good return. Uh, They were on the positive side. I think they were plus 120 or something. Um, the other night. So that was good to see. Capitals in action visiting the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. And the Caps are big-time favorites at minus 182. Uh, I'm going to stay off of that. Uh, just too much juice. 
but looking at some official releases for tonight, my initial lean was the Wizards plus the five points at the Nets. We'll give that out as a uh, DC CityCast special. Plus five, I'll take the Wizards to try to get me back to 500. Again, documented 27 and 28 since we started this DC CityCast back in December. Yeah, at BetRivers.com right now. Wizards are plus the five at the Nets, and the total is 215. I'll just take the uh, the number at Wizards plus the five. Um, oh, by the way, they already have the uh, early line out for um, the All-Star game on Sunday. Eight o'clock, Team Durant versus Team LeBron. Do you know the, uh, the total of this game? It's actually sort of... Sort of low, maybe? 320. 320 points. <laughs> and uh, Team LeBron is minus six over Team Durant. Could not tell you who was on either team. Uh, but that's the early line for the Sunday All-Star game from... Huh. Where's the All-Star game this year? Do you know? Could not tell you. I'm going to guess Los Angeles. It is... um. Well, Cleveland, <laughs> way off. Cleveland Cavaliers are hosting the All-Star Game this year in 2022. Uh, so I'm giving out the Wizards plus the five tonight. And um, uh, let me see one more here. I want to give you out one more NBA game because there was another game that sort of uh, tickled my fancy. Um, yeah, where is it? Oh, it is the. Uh, I'll take the. Um, I'll take the Pelicans plus two and a half tonight, hosting the Mavericks. Pelicans plus two and a half, hosting the Mavericks. So again, to recap, taking the Wizards plus the five on the road at Brooklyn, and the Pelicans plus two and a half at home, hosting the Dallas Mavericks. Want to thank my guest Byron Kerr covers the Washington Nationals. Uh, follow him at Byron Kerr. I want to thank you for checking us out. Follow us at Bet Rivers, at VSIN Live, at J. Frank Handran. We will be back tomorrow as we get you set for the big weekend. This has been the DC CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Frank Handran from VSIN. See ya. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.